Hey, welcome back for another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Jonathan Pritchard, who is an entertainer turned speaker, coach, and author. Colleges, businesses, and entrepreneurs book him to talk about his insights into human behavior, success psychology, motivation, and communication. And what's really interesting about you, Jonathan, is that for the past decade, you've been on TV and touring the world as a mentalist. So first, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have to warn you, I'm entirely susceptible to flattery. So that was a very good start to this. <laughs> all right. Well, that works. We'll go with that then. I got to ask, first of all, how did you get into the mentalist thing? And then how did you transition from that into what you do now is speaking and working with businesses and entrepreneurs? Long, long, long story short is I grew up doing magic tricks in high school. I got interested in mind reading tricks because they seemed to affect people more deeply. You could find somebody's card, but to tell them about them, now that's something special. And then in college, I got interested in understanding not only how to do mind reading tricks, but why they're even possible in the first place. So I got connected with my mentor, James Randi, who had a million-dollar challenge for anybody who claims to be genuinely psychic, and I designed oh. a testing protocol for that challenge, and I saw every way that people were trying to scam their way to the money. Mm -hmm. so that was kind of a master's course in mentalism and, and being an entertainer, and mm -hmm. from there, it took me around the world, entertained the troops, and eventually I realized that all the psychology I'm using on stage mm -hmm. to help people forget their problems for an hour are the same strategies and, and psychological techniques that I've used in my own life to build a life that I absolutely love. So mm. that's why I, I condensed all of my life's experience into the book. And then that way everybody can kind of get my life story of, of how it applies to them yeah. without me actually having to be there. <laughs> I love that. So you really took what was at first, here's how to escape your problems for an hour and turned it into, here's how to actually solve them. Exactly. Because I, yeah. I toured colleges for about nine years or so, oh. and I still do, but that was my full-time thing for about oh. nine years. And I kept having the same conversations with people afterwards. And, and the magic phrase that, that stuck out was, Man, I can't even imagine doing what you do for a living. You're you're traveling the world, you're getting paid, you get to have fun. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even conceive of how to do that. And it hit me. It's like if you can't even imagine something mm -hmm. different, how are you gonna make something different? Right? So Very I've true. I've lived a, a custom fit life and this is just kind of how I think about everything. And then the older mm -hmm. I get, the more I realize that not everybody thinks this way. Yeah. And then that's why I created it and called it Think Like a Mind Reader. Because to me, it makes sense. This is just mm -hmm. the strategies that I'm most familiar with. But it's like somebody's talking to an alien when I'm at a cocktail party. <laughs> so what do you do? I'm a professional mind reader. What? <laughs> that's got to be a great conversation starter. It, it is for the first thousand times. But then I, I know like, if I'm sitting on an airplane and somebody goes, so what line of work are you in? I know exactly what conversation we're about to have. So I play a little game with myself, which is to say as little about what I do as possible and then just ask them as many questions as I can because I'm so much more interested in what they can teach me than yeah. 
than me just spouting off, oh, yes, I'm amazing. I travel the world. I'm incredible, right? It's like everybody else has amazing stories too, so I want to hear those. Well, and that's a great reminder of some of the things that are those success mindsets and principles, knowing you have something to learn from everybody is really a valuable perspective. It really is. The the moment you stop learning, in, enjoy failing. Very, very true. Uh, so one question that comes to mind for me is when you tell people what you do, how many of them actually kind of take a step back and get nervous? Does that happen very often? They're like, oh, no, he might a, actually be able to read my mind. Right. A significant portion of people. <laughs> but I always remind them, I go, look, that's just my job. When I'm not at work, I don't work. So your mind is safe. <laughs> The second response, depending, is it's like, listen, imagine if you were forced to read Facebook all day long, every day of people you don't know, and that would be kind of boring, right? Now, think about the stuff that those people didn't think was interesting enough to share. That's what's left up there. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm not going to go rooting around for, for, for that stuff. But for the most part, I, I tell people I'm a business consultant mm-hmm. and a personal coach for elite performers on the performance of psychology in high-pressure situations. And they go, oh, that's fascinating. So I talk about that and then eventually get around to how mm-hmm. I got into that line of work. Yeah. But I like to lead with how I can help people yeah. first more so than what it is I did to get to that point. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I actually know quite a few really successful entrepreneurs who started out doing magic in different ways and they've kind of transitioned into, okay, now I understand human psychology in this really deep way that I can apply to something else. And it's funny because I don't think we, the rest of us always make that connection of watching what's going on with a magic show and realizing that's the same kind of thing you can apply to everything else in life. Right. That's, that's a metaphor I really like using for my audiences, Mm -hmm. which is, okay, you're an audience member at a magic show. You're watching something impossible happen. Yeah. Right. So to you, it shouldn't happen. There's no way it can happen. But to the magician, that's the person making it happen. So clearly it's possible. It's just you don't understand the strategies that are required to make that impossible thing happen. And everybody in their own life is either an audience member watching Mm -hmm. it happen or they're the magician of their own life creating a life that they want to live. And if it doesn't look possible to you, that's just because you're thinking in an audience member mode. Right. So that's why to me, that's again, why it's called think like a mind reader. You think it, then you figure out the strategies you would need to make it real. And then you go make it real. That is a really great analogy. I think that's one of the things that fascinates me about magic is that uh, perspective of I am sitting here watching something be done. Then my logical mind says, how the heck are they doing that? But when you talk to the magician behind the scenes, or if you go to a show like Penn and Teller, where they're literally explaining it, you're like, that makes total sense. Now I understand. Okay. And it really does help you to look at the world in a different way. If you can look at it like, okay, this is just like the magic trick I saw. There's no actual magic happening here. I just got to figure out what the strategy is. That's, I, I never thought to quite apply that to business that way. Right. And, and you brought up an interesting detail about it. It's logical, right? Magic only works based off of your logical assumptions, Hmm. So here's the explanation for every magic trick or mind reading trick you've ever seen and will ever see. 
the mentalist create the context for the audience mm-hmm. to make logical assumptions that are later mm-hmm. shown to not be true. All right. So you just create a context, an environment, a performance mm-hmm. with your words, your actions, the place, the timing, everything builds the relationship for the meaning of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the audience makes logical assumptions. Oh, that box is empty. Well, if you don't have logical faculties, there's no magical trick. Mm-hmm. So the smarter you are, the more you trust your own mind of what your own mind mm-hmm. tells you, well, of course the magic is going to work more strongly on somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why when that's people go, oh, you can't fool me. Well, you just told me everything you need to tell me. Well, they're in for it then, huh? <laughs> right. But, but that's why children, children and dogs kind of respond to visual magic the same way, mm-hmm. right? They, they have object permanence. They go, oh, I, n- I understand that shouldn't disappear, but it did. Where is it? Yeah. Right? But they don't have enough experience to have logical assumptions about mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen in the real world. So children don't really appreciate mentalism. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little bit of a stretch for them. <laughs> right. It's like, all right, sit down and listen to this guy talk for an hour without anything to watch. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> Not quite who you book for the eight-year-old's birthday party. Exactly. I, I, I always say it's like I'm college age and above. I'm, and I always say it's not because it's lewd. It's just imagine you're going to the opera. Yeah. That's kind of the level that, that I start at and then work from there. Yeah. So if you wouldn't take your kids to the opera, don't bring them to my, my entertainment shows. <laughs> right. It's a little different twist than the traditional uh, pull things out of the hat and play card tricks. Exactly. It's, it's working with the most important thing in everybody's life, mm-hmm. them. That's got to be interesting to see how people react to things like that. Now, I know you've taken a lot of this and your book talks about how to apply it to not just success principles, but specifically for business. Um, what do you find were the most like transferable things for you and where do you use the principles the most? Gotcha. So yeah, it, it all boils down to communication and communication is information management. If you say the right thing at the wrong time, that's the wrong thing to say. If you say the wrong thing at the right time, that's the wrong thing to say. So you have to know what to say to whom to win. And that applies to personal relationships, to family relationships, to romantic relationships, to business relationships. Communication skills are the fundamental skill for building trust, rapport, and in any sort of relationship that you would want to be in. Absolutely. So do you feel like when people learn that you're a mentalist or a magician, they ever feel like, oh no, I'm going to get like tricked into something? Right. Yes. And it's a, it's a logical, I mean, it's a logical thing to worry about, but I always like to say, say mentalists, we are, as my mentor, James Randy says, we are honest liars. We tell you we're going to lie to you. And then we do. Mm. And that's why it's okay in the context of a show. But yeah. offstage, I'm unscrupulously honest. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm, not, I'm not one of those jerks that overshares everything. Not, hey, I'm <laughs> just being honest here. Yeah. But I, I try very hard to give everybody as much information as they need to make a fully informed decision about whatever it is that we're talking about. Yeah, I, I really, I appreciate that perspective because I think, 
I know when I started out in business, I was so resistant to learning even just basic communication strategies, but especially sales techniques and marketing things that it felt like, well, I'm trying to persuade somebody until I realized sometimes somebody's never going to get to the answer they actually need to get to if you don't help them get there and you're really doing them a disservice. And I think the first time I realized I had a coach using some of these mind reading type techniques on me was after I got past a particular fear and I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And I had to look at it a whole different way to realize, okay, I'm feeling a little bit uh, tricked maybe isn't the right word, but a little bit guided here. And yet I am really grateful for this because it helped me break through something I wouldn't have been able to break through on my own. And I think sometimes when we judge things really quickly, we're missing what the magic behind it, so to speak, is for right. people. Right. The, uh, first, it's kind of like in the Buddhist tradition of expedient means. Mm. Right? The, the house is on fire and the dad has three kids and he's got to get them out. So he tells each kid their favorite thing is outside mm. and he gets them out to safety, but he had to lie to his kids about it. Now, he's still going to suffer the, the consequence of violating his yeah. kid's trust by lying to them, right. but it got him out of the house. So it's kind of, kind of mm-hmm. that thing. The second is you're, you're kind of dancing around a touchy issue, which I like to, to clarify for people, which is sure. this feels manipulative. Uh, it makes me feel scuzzy, and, and sales equals manipulation, and, and right. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So here's, here's a way to think about it. Uh, it'll be backwards for everybody at home, but here's how I think of it in two dimensions is on the horizontal axis. Mm-hmm. You think this is to benefit solely me, even mm-hmm. if it's at the detriment of the other person right. on the opposite end is this benefits everybody in the situation, the mythological mm-hmm. win-win thing, right? Mm-hmm. And up here on the vertical axis, it's, are you trying to change their behavior mm-hmm. or are you trying to change their beliefs? Right, So if you're trying to change their behavior to benefit you, that's coercion, right? That's the threat of violence, uh, Mm -hmm. emotional or physical, to get them to do what you want them to do with no concern for their well-being or their outcome. It's solely to benefit you, right? Which isn't really benefiting you in the long run, but, you know, that's a way to think about it. Down here, when you're trying to change their belief, to solely benefit you at their detriment, that's what manipulation is. Mm. That's usually managing a narrative to leave out things that that person would need to make a fully informed decision that, yeah, this isn't the right thing for me, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're trying to change their behavior to benefit everybody, that's influencing them, right? You've got this restaurant that you really want people to go to because you know everybody in the group would love it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to try to influence their choice. You don't need them to believe it's the best thing. You just need them to say, yeah, let's go, right? So you're trying to influence everybody in that situation. If you're trying to change their belief to the benefit of everybody, that's what persuasion is, right? So persuading them to see things your way to see the value of your perspective or your choice, whatever it is. So trust, honesty, and rapport are important skills in being able to persuade somebody, right? So I, I delve full on into ethical persuasion 
influence with integrity and help people identify when they're being coerced or manipulated, mm-hmm. right? So this is kind of the, the landscape of, of human relationships, mm-hmm. right? So the, if you refuse to learn those skills, you won't be able to identify when they're being used on you at your detriment. You know, that is, I've never heard it explained that way, but that makes a lot of sense to look at it in those four quadrants. Yeah. Thanks. That's uh, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that really is true. If you don't know enough about it, you can't tell when it's being used on you. I remember one time I went to a speaker training event and people were coming up to me, talking to me certain ways. Uh, and, and it was like, I sense what's going on, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Years later, I learned a little bit about NLP and I suddenly realized, oh, this is why they kept touching certain things or, you know, creating, creating, mirroring my body language. And it all made sense. I was like, oh, now I know how to deal with this because I was a little more aware of it. It's interesting how many different things like that there are. Yeah. And once you're aware of it, you can see it. And then once you're really good at it, you've been in front of a thousand audiences then you can kind of judo flip the people who went to an afternoon workshop and then think they're a master at building rapport, but really they're just kind of sleaze buckets, right? So you can see them coming from a million miles away and just act innocent. And then you're doing the same techniques to them that they're trying to do to you, but they're not even aware. It's, It's a whole meta, meta, meta game that's going on all at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's when it gets to be a little bit of fun with situations like that, where you can actually see, okay, how much do I know about this? How can I flip things around? I think, you know, that's, that's a whole nother side sometimes of the coaching and consulting industry where you see, you know, people put out a sales course of, you know, here's the seven things to say to somebody to get them to buy anything you want instead of, Here's how to have a conversation where you help people open their minds a little bit to their potential to see how it might work for them and figure out if it's actually a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, totally different ways to use those skills. Right. It, and it's kind of like if the, if those customers knew better, yeah. they would already know better. Yeah. Right? So they, it's kind of one of those sell them what they want so yes. that you can give them what they need. And the way I say that is sell the magic, mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. string. Yeah. Right. So imagine you're making something float and it's, it's defying gravity, it's levitation, it's magic, it's wonder. Well, that's what it, that, that's the magic. But what it is, it's a thing dangling on a string that some guy off stage is pulling, right? So that's what it is. It's not glamorous, right? So if you say, all right, Joe, I could sell you this string. It's amazing. It's neat. And you go, that's, that's just a piece it's of a string. string. But when you can show somebody what that thing can do, mm. what experience it unlocks, they go, I want that experience. And then you go, it's just a piece of string. I don't want the string. I want that experience. I want that magic. The magic is the string. No, I don't want the string. I want the magic. And you go, eventually you stop beating your head against the yeah. wall and you go, oh, hey, I'm selling you magic. And they're like, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, you, hmm. As, as a young magician, as a young mentalist, you mm-hmm. learn very quickly not to tell people the secret to the tricks yeah. because the tricks really are that simple sometimes. And mm-hmm. then people want it to be glamorous and magical yeah. and fairies and sparkle dust and it's a string, Ugh. right? Yeah. So I thought about it and it's the five stages of grief. 
That's what it is. Anytime you tell somebody how something really works, Mm -hmm. whether it's magic, marketing, anything, your client is going to go through the five stages of grief of the way that they used to see the world has to die in order for the new paradigm to function. So they are going to fight tooth and nail to hold on to that, Mm -hmm. that living, breathing way of seeing the world. It has to die for the other one to live, right? So first, they're, they're going to bargain with you no, no, or denial. No, no, it can't right. be that simple, right? Then there's bargaining. Mm-hmm. It has to be something else, right? Was it this? Was it magnets? Mm-hmm. And then there's denial or what, whatever they are, right? I, I don't Those think. five stages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you go through those five stages. Every time I've told somebody, here's how the trick mm-hmm. works, it's exactly the same process. Mm-hmm. Here's how to do the thing. Oh, why didn't I know this? Why did I waste five years before coming to a get it coach and try it on my yeah. own? Right? Like if yeah. I would have known it was this simple, why why didn't anybody ever tell me? Yeah. Like, well, almost nobody mm. has told this stuff. Mm. Kind of the purview of cultural shamans and mystery workers who understand mm. that we really do create our own lives. And man, that that's mm. not stuff we cover in, in most school (laughs) no this is not the kind of thing that you learn uh, growing up in school unless you decide to study magic on your own these are not the kind of things they teach us yep so that that, that's that's it i am i'm an autodidact it's like i've i've taught myself uh either from books or from mentors directly Mm -hmm. of lots of things almost nothing i learned in school has served me well other than Knowing the reference that somebody used talking at a cocktail party, like that's yeah. that's pretty much it. Right? Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of skills you've got to learn when you either go into business or go into uh, entrepreneurship type ventures where it's like it's a whole new ball game and it's not the stuff they taught you in school. And aside yeah. from that, just life circumstances. Um, I know one of the things that I saw on your website was you talk about how all of this relates to so many areas of your life. It's, you know, how do you know who to go into business with? How do you know who to date, who to trust in all these different situations? Uh, If we could actually literally read minds, that'd be a little scary, but it'd also be a lot easier to know situations like that. Um, What are some of the things you, you mentioned earlier, you can see certain people coming what are some of the things you look for that let you know whether you should feel comfortable trusting somebody or not? Having good boundaries is, is number one. Um, because mm-hmm. if they don't have good boundaries, that means that they are not going to see yours either. That is a great insight. And further, when you have to reinforce your boundary because they're pushing beyond them, mm-hmm. it's going to be painful for them. And mm-hmm. they're going to blame you for hurting them mm-hmm. because from their vantage point, they weren't doing anything wrong because right. I don't have any boundaries. Nobody else should have any boundaries. This is perfectly right. acceptable behavior for everybody. You go, no, it's not. Yeah. Why are you being such a jerk? Well, mm-hmm. because I value my safety, my sanity, my, my privacy, my everything. I Mm -hmm. I don't have to explain anything to you. Right. So Mm -hmm. this, this ties Mm -hmm. in uh, dovetails with, with my martial arts background in, in practice, because it, 
martial arts isn't learning how to beat somebody else up. Mm-hmm. It's learning how not to beat yourself up because oh. you are the opponent you face all day, every day. You are your own worst enemy and you make choices that make it easy for somebody else to defeat you, right? To put it in antagonistic terms. But really what it is, is learning how to make choices that don't violate your own integrity, get yourself off balance, or mm-hmm. artificially limit your options. Mm-hmm. So I have my personal boundaries. I know how mm-hmm. to maintain a boundary. And if somebody else is trying to violate my boundary, mm-hmm. they're the person that's going to hit my mm-hmm. elbow. I'm not hitting them with my elbow. Right. And if they weren't trying to attack me, I couldn't hurt them. That is a fascinating perspective. (laughs) And that's why it's Mm self-defense, not other person offense, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. our our whole universe Mm -hmm. is our mind and our body. So I've spent my life understanding how the body works through practicing Mm -hmm. martial arts and how the mind works through being a, a mentalist and a performer that can make a room full of 3,000 people think I can read minds, right? It's like my, my first paid gig was when I was 13 years old. And it's the only thing I've, I've done with my time. I had a normal job for nine months. And there should have been lots of years where I've had normal jobs, but I, I'm stubborn and I stick to it. But basically, I have eight hours every day since I was 13 years old mm-hmm to practice skill sets, to read, to learn, to, to meet people. So it has been my career to learn and understand things that most people don't even spend five minutes thinking about right. that impact their entire life. Because how you think about things determines the actions that you're going to take. That's it. That's the psychology. Mm-hmm. Then that's the physical part of it. So that's why the mindset really is the most important thing that you can work on Mm -hmm. in your life because how you think about things tells you what something means and then what something means dictates how you're going to feel about it and then how you feel about it is going to dictate what you choose to do about it Mm -hmm. right so it's that cascading effect that influences every part of your life emotionally mentally physically interpersonally on every dimension It's only the most important thing ever is really what I'm saying I'm working on. (laughs) Uh, That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's one of those things that so often our personal growth and our focus on, on learning new things, on expanding the skills we have and really working on our mindset falls to the bottom of the list because the life is so busy and there's so much going on when really it is the most important thing we can do, not just for ourselves, but in the quadrant you were explaining earlier for benefit of everybody, us and all of those that we're connected with. The people who say, Oh, I don't have the time or I don't have the resources or I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I won't, I can't. Mm -hmm. You're the person that needs it the most. That's it. Well, there's no way. Well, it's either you figure out a way I love helping people figure out a way or you just keep spiraling out until you've got absolutely nothing left and your life implodes. Yeah. And, and it's something that 
I know we've all seen happen to entrepreneurs and business owners over the years that they end up spiraling out and imploding because they don't take that time and make that time to continue uh, working on themselves, working on their mindset, even things like getting to the gym every day. They're very simple actions, but they all do influence each other and help us to really succeed with what we set our minds to. Right, because they, they've got some story that they're telling themselves about being busy is, is important. I, mm-hmm. I work best under pressure, so I fill my plate up. So I, I'm always, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, if somebody goes, oh, I'm so busy, I hear I'm awful at time management. I have mm-hmm. no personal standards. I'm awful to my friends, my family. That's what I hear. And then I instantly go, okay, there's a boundary. Yeah. I don't interact with busy people. It is a mindset around the boundaries like you mentioned earlier. If someone cannot control their calendar and handle the different things they've got going on, something's got to change somewhere. It's like I yeah. I admire and respect people who can say I have scheduled my calendar to mm-hmm. the neck and this isn't a priority for me right now. So I'm I'm going to choose not to to engage. Like, no. okay, that's awesome. But yes. just saying, I'm, I'm too busy. Mm, I'm too not good of a communicator. <laughs> Big difference in those two. And that's one of those things that really goes back to the concept of like a mind reader. It's, are you aware of how it's making the other person feel when you communicate certain things? I'm too busy is different than here's what my priorities are right now. And here's when we could do it. The approach you take and how it affects people makes a big difference in the responses we get. Sometimes we're totally clueless. Right. And, and it's kind of like those folks who are like, oh, I'm too busy. They don't know that they've just told me all of what they've just told me. Yeah. Right. Because they're, they're not there yet. They're not there. And why am I going to pursue somebody who actively doesn't need my help? Right? They're, they're not coming to me for it. So I can't care more than they care about changing their life. Yes. Right. That's a tough conclusion for a lot of people who do work one-on-one clients, especially to come to, I cannot want you to succeed more than you want to succeed yourself. You got to do the work. Exactly. And, and a lot of people who are frustrated without getting results from either marketing or networking or whatever, they sadly don't understand what it is that everybody else is seeing that makes them want to pull back. Mm. Right. So it takes a perspective of an expert to be able to go, all right, what are you doing? What is it getting you? How are you doing it? Okay. You need to change this, this, and this. And it, and it's going to feel awful. It's going to be like surgery while you're fully awake, but you either live with the condition or you do the hard work and then you've got the rest of your life to enjoy the, the benefits. Surgery while you're fully awake. That is absolutely what some of the self-growth feels like when you're figuring out, okay, what I'm doing, and and you got to be willing to face it, if what you're doing isn't getting you the result you want, there's something going on that you've got to change. Yeah, most people don't solve their problems because they're trying to solve the wrong problem. Mm. The most, almost 99.9% of the time, when somebody says, I, hey, man, I got this problem, what they're actually saying is, hey, man, I have this symptom that has mm-hmm. been caused by some other choices I've been making in my life, but I'm unaware of how this choice leads to this mm-hmm. consequence. So I need you to fix this problem. 
well, that, that's not your problem, man. That's the consequence of your actual yeah. problem. No, no, no. That's not a problem. This is the problem. Okay. Right? Yes. That is incredibly true. I think that's a lot of times what our coaches end up doing for us is helping us figure out the difference between, no, no, this is just a symptom of what you're doing over here. Let's fix this. And then that'll go away. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, tell me more about the book. So likeamindreader.com is where people can go to connect with you, find out some more about you. But uh, tell us about the book. Yeah, the the book is, it was one of those things where I had to write it. Mm -hmm. I I was using a dry erase marker, writing in the shower and it just everywhere. (laughs) And and my my sweetie always says, I, I know when you're about to write a book, when you're just talking to me nonstop, even when I'm in the shower, right? So I went, all right, I have to get these out, uh, these ideas out onto a page, so so I can just get them out of my head. But but uh, it was kind of like talking to people after shows, right? Because uh-huh. so that's the three stages of of my career so far, right? It's entertainer first. Right. Then a, a coach second, and then a trainer for larger groups third, right? So after shows, I would be talking to people, and then they would go, oh, I can't even imagine. And then I would start talking to them about how I think about things, how I make choices, yeah. how I make things happen. And they go, oh my God, that's so, that's so awesome. I've never thought yeah. of it that way. Second magic phrase, right? And, and then that's when I realized that, oh, this stuff has worth to people, all yeah. right? And then Absolutely. it turned out that it was essentially kind of the same 20 conversations, the same 20 huh. topics I would have conversations about over the course of that nine years of touring, right? So I realized, all right, so these are the, the common issues that everybody has to deal with. So these would be right. the most valuable. So I condensed my, my life's hmm. experience and strategies and mindset planning, all that stuff into this one book so that way it can give people a better idea of Mm. where in the world to even start getting a handle on seeing inside your own mind right because the the old zen koan of that which sees can't be seen Mm. it's like you think there's no way to see this stuff well uh, there is right that's that's both really cool and a little scary <laughs> it and it is it, it it is so it it's it <laughs> it's deeply terrifying in ways you literally can't appreciate until you've experienced it and then you know how terrifying it is because it really does break apart your entire frame of reference for your whole existence mm-hmm. and that feels a lot like free fall <laughs> so, yeah. so it's terrifying but exciting work and and it's it's scary until uh oh i can't remember who said it but it's something like um the scary part is you're in free fall mm-hmm. the the great part is there's no ground right you're constantly in free fall things are constantly changing but hey if you think about it like you're flying awesome it's all about changing how you relate to the thing that's happening that's true you could either have jumped off the cliff and be free falling or you could be flying right right in a universal context that's good (laughs) in a specific physical context that's very bad yes no 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 jumping off cliffs as a result of this show please i'll need a new disclaimer for this particular episode exactly (laughs) 
call us. Call call either one of us. <laughs> All right. So for those of you listening who are finding this conversation as fascinating as I am, you can actually find Jonathan's book at thinklikeamindreader.com. And quick tip, if you scroll down the page a little bit, you'll see a blue box across it that will let you get the first chapter free. I encourage you to do that. Go check it out. See if some of this may be the different perspective you've been searching for, maybe you didn't even know you were looking for it until you heard this podcast today, uh, about how to flip some of those things around, how to work on your mindset, and really learn how to think a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more like a mind reader. I love <laughs> it. That, that was perfect. Man, that's amazing. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. I've got one more question for you that I always ask before I close, which is, what is your favorite thing about what you do in business? My favorite thing about what I do in business is seeing the direct impact mm-hmm. that, that people make in their own lives, where they've been frustrated about this thing for a long time, and then very quickly, boom, their whole frame of reference changes, and then they just light up, and their life is so much better. It's like my goal is to make it to where I wouldn't have the need to have any clients ever. It's like I don't want to <laughs> like I I want to have clients and then friends, right? I don't want to keep clients sick just so they keep coming back for the medicine. It's like mm-hmm. I want to get people results, get them onto the next set of interesting problems and getting to see that happen is is my favorite thing. I can, I can imagine why that would be such a cool part of what you do. And I think sometimes what it actually takes to bust through some of those problems and mindset blocks and things that just seem like such huge obstacles is literally a little bit of magic to change the way that you're looking at it. And, and it really is. That is the most real magic I've ever found in my lifetime's worth of looking for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing all of this with my listeners today. I'm quite certain they're going to find this conversation fascinating uh, from a lot of different perspectives. So I appreciate your time and for sharing with us about your book and what you do. Well, thank you. I'm always honored when when somebody gives me the opportunity to, to talk to their audience. So thank you so much. And thank you out there in podcast land that spent your time with us. That's the most valuable resource that you have. So thank you for spending it with me. Awesome. So make sure you take a minute, check Jonathan's site out. You can find him at likeamindreader.com or his book is at thinklikeamindreader.com, also on Amazon, but you can get the free chapter at thinklikeamindreader.com. Those links will be right below the video if you're watching on YouTube or the website. It'll be in the show notes. If you are listening to this in iTunes or another audio format, be sure to click on over and see what you just might find. There's uh, probably some magic waiting for you there. Again, thank you so much, Jonathan, for being on today. You got it. See ya. uh, Everybody listening, please uh, subscribe wherever you're at. Hit like, rate, review us, and I'll catch you back for another episode soon.